I'm Lisa Kiss, and I'm the host of Be Mindful Podcast. I'm also the owner of Be Mindful Studio, a virtual studio and community that exists to merge astrology, mindfulness, and meditation. My intention is to support your spiritual well-being to allow yourself to come back into harmony. I'm an astrologer and mindfulness meditation teacher, and I created this podcast for the modern woman to feel grounded and learn to live with intention through astrology. I want to inspire and encourage you to be a little more mindful in your day-to-day so that you can start living a more purpose-filled, self-aware life that you love. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Be Mindful Podcast. Today, I'm here with Nikki Heron, and um, we are going to do the Capricorn season interview. So Nikki and I know each other because she was my mentor um, when I did Deborah Silverman's Applied Astrology School. I started with the interview program, so I did it by myself, and then I jumped into level two, and I picked Nikki because it was Fridays, I think, Friday evenings, and I was like, <laughs> that works with my schedule, and I'm so happy I had Nikki as my teacher. I'm going to be auditing oh. um, her classes, um, but yeah, Nikki, do you want to introduce yourself? And you, yeah. Yeah, hi, my name's uh, Nikki Heron, um, and I guess we'll start, I get, I'll tell you my kind of big three, right? So Capricorn, Capricorn sun, Virgo moon, Aries rising. Um, I have a nine to five and then outside I'm an astrologer. I do readings and I teach for Deborah Silverman's um, applied astrology school, which is like you said, where I met you. Yeah. So do you want to talk about how you connect with being a Capricorn and just in general for, cause of this can go up during Capricorn season and then maybe we'll like get into the, the, the rising in the moon sign. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. So before this started, you know, we were kind of chatting about, um, you know, the ability to be able to see yourself and your chart and in your signs. And I feel like I, that's something I do very poorly and maybe this is a very typical Capricorn thing, not thinking that I'm doing enough or, or good enough in some ways, but I feel like I'm a horrible Capricorn. <laughs> like I always feel like I should be, I should be more successful. I should be better with money. I should be doing this or that, you know, or, or have something to show for all the Capricorn energy. Cause I have a lot of planets in Capricorn and in the 10th house as well. Um, so it's funny, there, there are things, there are times when I look at the meanings of Capricorn, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so bad at this. I'm doing it all wrong. And then there are other times when I read something about a Capricorn or I see another Capricorn and I see something near to myself. I'm like, okay, thank God I'm doing it right. Or like, I can identify with this bit a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's funny how that shows up. And that is such a earth and Capricorn thing to not think that you're doing enough right <laughs> yeah um and you're an Aries rising right yeah so um I've just been like studying my like ruling planet like of the rising sign which is the moon because I'm cancer rising so do you find like yeah. the planet Mars really impacts you you know it's interesting because I would say my Mars is rather muted because Mar I have Mars in Pisces in the 12th house and so I really resonate with um, 
I really resonate with the term of being like a spiritual warrior, right? So warrior being that, that Martian aspect um, and the 12th house, you know, with the spirituality concept, the 12th house can be, I think, kind of scary when you look at it on your, on its own. Um, but yeah, I do think that I am constantly in search of a different meaning or connecting to the things that we can't see or trying to go really deep and dealing with, you know, whether or not you think it's a past life issue or an ancestral issue or this or that, just, I, I think it feels not like a very active Mars, but I can relate to it when I hear it in those terms as kind of, like I said, the spiritual warrior. Okay. Do you find that you like, I don't know, cause like Mars and Pisces, do you like dream before you take action or like, or I don't know, like. Yeah. In- interesting question. Do I dream before I take action? Well, like, you know, I, oh, go ahead. Like not think about it cause it's water, but like you have to really feel something before you like initiate it, if that makes sense. Yes. Absolutely. And I should mention too, that I have Venus conjunct Mars, Pisces 12th house, and this is in opposition and in a T-square. So opposition to my moon, making a T-square with Uranus um, in Sag. And so I do get stuck in that where I can't make a decision. It's like the things that I should do and the way that I feel and then just wanting to bust out and go do something completely different. And I, I just get stuck. I feel that T-square all the way. So unless I am, I do have a strong feeling about it, that kind of breaks me out of it. Other than that, I have to kind of phone a friend, talk it out to anyone that will listen. I should write. I should spare everyone the pain of like having to like hear all the shit that's going on in my head. But yeah, I do have to really feel it or feel the energy around it to kind of guide me. And I think I'm better at knowing, um, and maybe this is a part of the inaction and and the kind of fogginess of that 12th house with especially Mars and Venus being there. Um, I do feel like it's easier for me to picture the things that I don't want rather than picture what I do want, if that makes sense. Yeah. I have, I have the Pisces moon. So I, I understand the like, like you try a bunch of things and then you know what you definitely don't want but you're very confused yes. on what it really is that you want <laughs> yes absolutely yeah absolutely it's just I don't I even got asked this question the other day like when people talk about a five-year plan or this or that or what do you want that future to look like it's so hard for me to to visualize that I can visualize it in terms of feeling I know how I want to feel and I know there are some things that I'd like to do but I think I can be very middle of the road with things unless I have a passion behind it, you know, otherwise I think I can kind of just get by with what I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you want to explain what a T-square is though, just in case someone listening doesn't know? Yeah. So the easiest way to, to explain a T-square um, I would say it's like, it, it's tension, right? If you think about that 90 degree, it, it makes it makes what looks like a big red triangle if you look at a, at a chart. And so if you think about like a triangle is just like a really strong shape and it's stuck tension with every single point, right? So you have a long opposition at the bottom that forms a um, triangle with what we call the planet at the top, the focal planet. And it's just kind of energy that I think in the in terms of how I feel it, that kind of just bounces around. So 
like I said, I have, you know, Mars and Venus in Pisces in the 12th house that opposes my moon in Virgo in the sixth. So you have that opposition, it's wavering of the things that I should be doing and the things that I want to be doing and how I feel. But then at the top of the triangle, I have Uranus and Sag that's just like, who cares? Shake it up and go do this. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And when you have something like that, the easiest way to get out of it is you go to the focal planet and then you go to the opposite direction to that. So for me, that would be a release that we call the release to release attention in Gemini. Um, yeah, but it is just, I, I think of it as stuck tension and it's very strong. I, I feel mine every single day. Yeah, I learned about T-squares in like Devers program and um, <laughs> I saw that I had one and my release is in Virgo and because mm-hmm. um, it's a mutable one too and yep. it makes so much sense like throughout like I don't know how I like functioned before like knowing like not knowing that information I'm like oh man it makes the the list planning and the cleaning and the organizing makes yes. so much sense. <laughs> right. Do you feel yours every day? Yes, I operate by a list and I have to do my like 10 minute tidy every day. Oh, that's <laughs> like, so good. Yeah. But I was going to say something. It's like, um, it's, I don't know. It's like very, it, I guess it brings that like self-awareness point to astrology. But yeah, um, yeah if I didn't know that I had a, a T-square, I would just be like, I'd feel jumbled all the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah that was, some, that's what I love about astrology there's something that's so tangible Mm -hmm. to it right like whether or not you're looking at a birth chart and you can see it because you see that big red triangle there or whether or not it is the fact that it's kind of based off nature and you can see and you can see it reflected and feel it inside of yourself so there is a lot of um validation and recognition i think when you learn about these things that are in your chart these aspects that you feel every day you just didn't know how to put words to them. And so now you like for you knowing you have the outlet of like, okay, a list is really important for me to like manage this energy, right? Like ultimately any tension in our chart is there to help us grow um, and to help us, I think, evolve, but it's really hard to work with. It's uncomfortable, right? That's why we make the movements to initiate change so we can release some of that tension and those like itchy feelings that we get from it. Yeah, even what I was going to say, it like left me, but then it came back like um, <laughs> how sometimes like growing up, people would be like, you're too organized or it's like it, that you're like kind of OCD and it, you kind of yes. feel bad about it, but it's like, no, I need to do that. That's that release point. So it's like, there's, it kind of gives you like, it affirms what, like what you're doing and you, you shouldn't feel bad about the things that you do sort of. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And those same people that say that are going to go to you when they need help organizing or they need help problem solving. <laughs> They need yeah. your advice on something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Ever funny. since I started like reading charts, my friends are like, hey, I need my astrologer's like opinion on this. And I'm just like, okay, I'll read your chart a little bit, but okay. Yes. Yeah. How many text messages messages do you get from people that are just like, what's going on today? I feel so weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your like favorite part about like reading charts with people, like doing the natal chart readings? Oh, you know, I do think that that's kind of evolved over the years, but I think it's evolved over the years in the sense of, I find that the clients that I get, and in some 
cases, even the students that I get in my classes, right? There's usually like this big theme, whether or not it's something I'm facing in my life where their reading is also a lesson for myself. Um, but in the beginning, you know, I, this is gonna be a very long answer. Um, I got into astrology through my therapist who happened to also be another mentor for Deborah. And she used my chart and therapy and that's when it really clicked and became tangible to me. And so when I was kind of dealing with my own process, and at that time I was having, I just had my Saturn return. I was having Pluto come on my son and it had just been sitting conjunct my son for a while. So I was in this really heavy period and transformative period where I was kind of examining a lot of my issues and it, it wasn't an easy time. And so when I first started looking at charts, I zoomed in right into that, like those, that pit that we all have, right? Where our emotional depths are and the things that we don't want to deal with or don't want to look at. And I felt like almost every single reading that I did ended it in somebody crying. And I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much because you're, you're able to guide someone kind of through the darkness that they don't want to face and you help initiate this healing and you sit with them and you hold their hand of like, it's okay. Right. Because ultimately we're all fucked up in some way. We all have struggles. We all have trauma. We all have these issues or big things in life that impact us deeply. And I think it's so easy to try to distract ourselves or numb ourselves or tune out and we're told to be happy and all these other things. And so when you can guide someone with it and just be like, this is as equally as important as all those other moments in your life. And it's not anything to be ashamed of. It's really a part of you. You can use this for healing. It's really, it, it's really rewarding and powerful. And I loved that. And then I think as I started working through a lot of my issues, um, you know, one thing that I think I do in readings now is I kind of help people see their gifts and what they're here for, right? Like look at all these amazing things in your chart and who you are and this thing happened to you and what did you learn from it? Um, I don't know if it's like helping find the silver lining, but really being like their cheerleader for who they are, you know, and why they're here. Um, and that feels really exciting as well. You know, like you get to wake people up and hopefully have them leave a little inspired to like take action or embrace themselves a little bit more. And I love that. It's so, it, it feels so wonderful to help give that to someone. Yeah. Even when like in the classes in level two, I, you like would like, we read each other's charts and you even said something about mine. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, it's just so cool that this person who's like, I think you're like six hours behind me in time. Be like, I'd never, never met you. And like, she knows this in my chart, like what the heck is going on? But it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's like nice sometimes to be like seen in that way. And like, yes. for like that to be recognized. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately we want to be seen and heard and you know, it's, confusing it's so confusing and uncomfortable to be in a human body <laughs> and exist in our society and you know it's complicated there's a lot of you know issues that come up it's it's hard to kind of explore a little bit you know comfortably of where you're at and so when you can really help see someone 
and see what they're trying to do and see where they're at and maybe what has fueled them even with their past mistakes and just kind of, I like how Deborah puts it, you know, give them a permission slip to just to be here, you know, and to be flawed and to encourage them to just be the version of themselves that they would like to be or like pull out their potential that you see. I think that is so fun. Yeah. Um, is there like a key indicator that you look at in someone's chart? Um, you know, I, and I try to do this, teach students this in class. I hope it came as a big takeaway, but first thing that I do when I look at a chart is I, you know, I see what I'm, I'm drawn to, what my eyes are drawn to right away. Right. For, first, you know, not first, but you'll obviously look at the big three, which people, you know, tag as the sun, moon and rising. But I always look to like Saturn. I always look to see like, is it an aspect that's jumping out at me? Is it a con in some sort of conjunction, some sort of, you know, opposition or a T-square or something that's jumping out there or, or what is it? And then I kind of start to dive in and see how things are talking to each other. Um, so I don't know if there's any one thing in particular maybe before it would have been Saturn and Pluto, you know, like when I said that was kind of where I was at in my life and what I was really drawn to. But now, I mean, and you know, from reading charts, it's a whole equation, you have to take the whole thing in. And so I try to let it be what I'm guided to intuitively, and then kind of pulling it out from there. Okay. And this question just came to me, have you ever seen in a chart, an unaspected planet? Yeah, you know, pretty, for the clients that I have gotten pretty rarely. Um, and, but I have seen that, I think I actually just ran across that, but it was from another former student who was about to give a reading and they're like, how do I talk about this? You know, and so we met and had a session of like kind of tutoring. Here's what I would do if I was giving that reading. But yeah, you do come across it. It's funny, the kind of things, and maybe this is like, you know, um, that law of attraction of attracting the client to the charts of the issues that you are would be beneficial to you as well. But I don't see them too often okay. myself. Because I, I was like researching something like doing more learning and studying and I it said unaspected planet. And I was like, I looked at my chart and I'm like, okay, no, everything has a line coming out of it. And I'm like, that would, I haven't come across it yet. So it's like, but yeah, I don't know what that would mean. Like, I don't know, but I don't know why I had to ask that, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, fun. do you see that you see a theme in the charts that you get when you give readings and stuff? Well, the first three people to book readings with me, like the, yeah, the first three like women who booked readings with me, they were all born in 1982 and I was like oh wow I was like okay what the heck was happening in 1982 but um they all had Pluto in Libra I believe okay and I have Pluto in Sagittarius and not a lot of people in that Pluto and Scorpio have come to me for readings they've either been like around my age like the late 90s or like the eight like the early 80s so I don't oh, know interesting. what energy that that like comes through but yeah. Yeah. That is so interesting when you see those themes. Um, yeah. How fun. <laughs> yeah. It was really random. I, even I think I was getting my hair done. And so obviously I was telling my hairdresser what I've been up to and she's like, Oh, read my chart, read my chart. I was like, okay. And she's a fellow Gemini. So we were just like 
talking about it. She yeah. So it was born 1982. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what the heck? So wow, so yeah. interesting. I think that's 15 years older than me. Like it's a quite a big age gap. So yeah, I don't know. But I always feel like an old soul because I have the Pisces moon. But so I don't know if that's yeah. it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either relating to them or like I said, realizing, I don't know if you've ever like given one of those readings. And then when you're done, you're like, oh, I think that was also for me. <laughs> like, I think I really needed that to hear what I told them for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there a part like of a chart where like, um, I guess like is there like a cool aspect or something like when you see it you feel like there's like a big impact of it just for those listening if they like don't know like the different kinds yeah I mean I guess whenever I whenever I see um a grand cross which if you look at a birth chart would be one big red square and it's made up with so many different p squares it's so much tension Um, I don't see them that often. I think I've maybe had like, yeah, a couple, a good handful of them, half a dozen that have come in, but that just fascinates me when I see it, because I feel like the people that I've met that have that in their chart have gone on to do something significant and impactful. And, you know, they, it feels like when you're with those people, like, wow, you were really here for something. Like, how did you use this? How, where did this take you in life? And their stories are just so interesting. And then when I see it in a client, like if I'm reading for their child or something, and they have that, it's really exciting to talk to the parents, you know, like that's not easy. It's not an easy aspect. A T-square isn't easy. You know, a lot of these things that cause tension, a, con- a conjunction can be not easy to deal with, right? Depending what it's, you know, what planets are kind of holding hands together. It can be difficult, but I do get excited when I see that of like, oh my God, the stories they'll tell probably. <laughs> yeah, my brother has a, the grand like cross in his chart with all the fixed energy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's a Virgo and I've just recently been studying his chart because he's 21. So he's going through Saturn square. And so I pulled out his chart and I said, we're going to do this. And he's just as a Virgo, he's like a little skeptical of it. Yeah, but, but he has a Scorpio moon, so he's very intrigued with that investigative energy. So Ooh. every time I tell him something, he's like, "Hmm," he's like, "That's not wrong," but like he, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that Scorpio moon. Does he like to be seen, or does yeah? Does he admit to it when it? <laughs> no, I like. I said to him, I was like, "You should come on the podcast for Virgo season, and I'll read your chart." And he's like, "No," he's like, "People do not." deserve to know my knowledge <laughs> and I was like oh my god I was like wow okay so that's so funny yeah but I like I you notice something new like I feel like every time you look at a chart I find that even with my own but every yeah. time I look at his I'm just like oh my gosh like his midheaven is at the same degree in Virgo as my north node and I'm like and we're siblings and my house of siblings is ruled by Virgo so I'm like you're my sibling for a reason so I don't know wow. just like, yeah yeah isn't it so fun I finally got my dad to pull out his birth t- uh, his birth chart and I pulled that up and I was putting the information in you know I was double checking to make sure I had everyone in my families and I saw that like he was born at the exact same time as my brother 
like different days, but like the exact same time and exact same moment. And, you know, even looking at the dynamics of the relationship and the things that you can see in the chart, it's just so fascinating to put all those things together. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I have cancer rising, but I'm so interested in like all of my family members' charts and seeing like um, the generation, like the patterns of the same energies or placements. I don't yeah. Know if experience that or if like, because you just said um, your client's kid, like if you see like similar energies in their charts. Yeah, it's interesting. The way that I, I've done um, for for me, the, a lot of the children's charts that I've done have been when my friends are like, their kids are very, very young, right? So they haven't even really either seen too much of their personality yet, or their personality is just kind of emerging. And so they want to talk about it. Um, or it's just like, hey, I'm noticing this in my kid, and this is coming up. Can we look at it? So I haven't done too many readings where we're looking at them side by side. You know, I have one, um, one client that we kind of do trade work for, and we'll pull it up and look at that a little bit just to look at those dynamics. And it is really fascinating to see, um, a good way to do it. I mean, just print them out and put them in front of you and start kind of seeing the different, like the similarities that you see in there. Right. Mm -hmm. And how they kind of speak to each other. Yeah. But there's like something cool I noticed is my grandma, aunt, and cousin are all going to go through their first, second, and third Saturn return with the Saturn and Pisces. And oh, wow. So I'm like, wow. Okay. They're all going to have to like go to each other for support during that time. I don't know if I should, yeah. tell, I don't know if I should tell them. But like, yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. Interesting. Hopefully there's some good generational healing that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just, it, I don't know, astrology, it's so fascinating, obviously, but like picking those things up now, I'm into the, the family tree kind of thing, but I think, that's, yeah, I think that's the cancer rising. I don't know, but. Oh, that's so cool though. I think that, I think that is so cool, especially with the Pisces moon, right? That is a lot of like generational ancestral healing when you can see that family line, you know, mm -hmm. you should, if that is what you're getting pulled to do, I think definitely start taking that avenue and exploring it more. Yeah, even my cousin, she has three boys, and um, I want to, I want to like read their, like do like a little report for her about them because you can, like, I can see their energies kind of come through, and, like, because one of her sons is a Pisces with a Cancer Moon, and I adore him because I have those two energies really strong yeah. in my chart, and then the other one's a Leo, and he's just like a force to be reckoned with. So, oh, yeah. that is so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely explore that for sure. So the next sort of part that we go into after astrology is mindfulness because it is Be Mindful podcast. So yeah, um, do you, I mean, I sometimes even use the chart to tell people how to like, what kind of meditations or mindfulness things to like do based off of their en energies. And a yeah. question I was going to ask is like, what's your dominant element in your chart or like what you connect to the most? Um, you know, it's interesting. So I have five planets in earth and four planets in water and then the one in air or sorry, one in fire. Um, and so you would think it, and now I do think it's earth, but it's very easy for the water to overtake where that feels like dominant, where I just get stuck in um, the emotional world and the emotional realm, even though I do have like 
you know, a Capricorn sun and a Virgo moon and, and very, you know, an, an um, earth trine in my chart, my moon's really affected. Like I'm very emotionally sensitive to energy and other people's energy, collective energy, just everything. Um, and so it's very easy for me to be taken out with the emotions and the water that's in my chart. I have to really remind myself to, um, you know, that I'm grounded, that I am made of earth <laughs> and that I have a lot more of that or to bring in the fire and get some movement to kind of shift some of that energy. Um, so it kind of depends. I think now it's been, I can feel it changing again. Like the times, the collective times are so turbulent that in terms of mindfulness and healing and things that kind of bring you back to your center, I feel like that's been a little bit of a struggle lately. You know, the things that I would go to, the typical healing modalities or the things that would once kind of calm or center me aren't quite doing the trick. And I think, you know, maybe a part of that is we're being called to dig a little deeper in ourselves right now, right? We're doing a lot of healing, a lot of processing, a lot of, uh, you know, some people are just now coming online, it seems like, <laughs> you know, and this is, I think, you know, based on all the things that we're seeing in the collective and then trickling that down into your personal stuff, it's a time of really heavy transformation. And so, yeah, it bounces back and forth between the water and the earth. And I feel like right now it's, you got to struggle to just be like, okay, stay grounded and stay connected during this time. And then here's how we get through it. Are there like specific mindfulness practices that have worked for you in the past that are maybe like more earth or more water? Yeah. You know, one thing when, you know, talk about making your list and stuff, writing out the things that I want and making a list or cleaning. Like if I get really upset, cleaning would help of like, okay, I, I need to vacuum. I need to scrub some things, get my space clean and then kind of get that inner world clean. Right. Mm -hmm. um, declutter a lot of things. Um, and, you know, meditation, I have not been very good. I've been getting the call that I need to like meditate more and to practice deep breathing. Um, but I have not been very good at making time for it really, you know, like that for some reason seems like a struggle. I don't know. I mean, maybe you feel the same way, but the energy right now just feels kind of sluggish and yeah. heavy. So yeah. even though it's like something that would feel good, like meditation and, and, and breath work, you're like, I know I need to do this. It's almost like you feel like I don't have the energy to do that right now, you know? Um, Whereas, so, and, and maybe this is a resistance that I'm seeing now that I'm saying it out loud to these new kind of modalities, because I fall back onto the things of like, I'm going to go for a walk in nature or where I live, you know, I can easily go jump in the ocean and feel like I can wash it off or cooking, like making a meal is something that's really meditative for me and feels very grounding. Um, but now those aren't really doing the trick. And so maybe I'm just purposely not making the time to slow down and do breath work and move things because it's hard to face them. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to feel uncomfortable. So yeah, I guess I got to start that. <laughs> yeah. I got to get better at like actually doing it because I think that's what's being asked. 
I used to avoid, even though like I became a yoga and meditation teacher, I would like avoid a daily practice of meditating. Um, oh, funny. Yeah, I would do it, but not like consistently. Um, yeah. But how, I, how I'm looking at it now is because the energy is really heavy everywhere, like with everything going on. So I, I think it's the Pisces moon. I'm like, okay, I'm going to meditate. I'm going in my own world. Nothing else exists. And I kind of, like, yeah. I think I disassociate for like the 20 minutes and I pretend like nothing else is happening. Um, but I feel like that's one of those, it's like escaping into meditation as the Pisces moon wants to like not be here. That's sort of yeah. how I've been doing it. But yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's like, yeah. Do you feel a little bit more centered and energized when you come out of it. Yeah. I feel much more like grounded. Yeah. Then I don't think that's too bad. Yeah. I, I think maybe, you know, maybe to finding the type of breath work that it, it, the type of breath work and the type of meditation that would be best for me, because if I just sit in silence, I'm like, okay, I'm going to set an alarm. I start, you know, okay, here's a list of all the things that I have to do or getting uncomfortable, getting fidgety. And, and, I know I'm not, you know, it's a practice, right? I'm not always going to be able to eliminate my thoughts, but it starts to get that kind of itchy energy and it's hard to sit still and sit with it. And so, I don't know, maybe I need to find some sort of like chanting or with music or, you know, some other way to really deepen the practice. Cause it's, it's, yeah, it's been hard to make time for it. I use music for my meditations because it just feels oh, okay. like music is that like flowy escape. And I just put the song on like repeat. So, oh, okay. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. I hadn't really thought to consider that, that that would be good. You're even just sounds or something, you know, sounds, meditating, yeah. walking and meditating on that would be really good. Yeah. And the breath work too, that that's been hard. I don't know. Entering Virgo season, I have felt like a, you know, I've seen a lot of stomach and digestive issues come up all of a sudden now too, which usually I have such a great time with Virgo season. I feel so energized. I love it. I get so much stuff done. And this time it's like, oh my God, my stomach, I'm suddenly so bloated. I feel so awful all the time. It feels so heavy on my diaphragm lately. And so I, you know, was kind of reading and, and, thinking about that and reflecting on that of like, okay, something is not getting fed, meaning like my moon is not in good shape right now. And so I really do need to like find breath work, but those feelings have made it difficult to do that. You know, like mm -hmm. I created all these excuses of why it's uncomfortable to sit and meditate, why it's uncomfortable to just sit and, and breathe, which I think now, as I'm saying all this out loud is like, yeah, that's a major sign that you need to be doing it. <laughs> Yeah, a breath work. No one will be able to like see what I'm doing, but a breath work that I've discovered that's like, I think of it as it's more energizing. So I will do it in the morning sometimes because it's kind of fun is you just put your arms up and then you just uh -huh. like do the exhale and like your eyes are closed, but you have your mouth closed and it's just like a exhale through oh, your nose. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just do it 10 times, but then like three times the 10. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So breathe in through the nose and then have an, a sharp exhale like that yeah. through the nose. Yeah. I All right. The, I can try the that. Name. I forget the name of what it's called. I can always send it to you if I find it, but there's a, a yoga term for what this is. Yes, yeah. please do. Yeah. I definitely, I need that. So this is a good reminder for me to kind of, to start doing this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I guess I see, I feel like you kind of answered it. Like, what does mindfulness mean to you already with like how you explore mindfulness, but yeah, I get what mindfulness means to me, I guess is, um, how would I put that into words? I think a couple things that are coming to mind, like, you know, expansion, right. And an expansion in yourself physically and an expansion in your consciousness and expansion in your viewpoint of how you see and connect with the world. You know, mindfulness is just a way of, yeah, expanding all of those areas of yourself, but also in a way of like surrendering, I think, to the moment, not just the moment of like, I'm going to take these moments for myself and just be in them and be very aware of, you know, the sights and the sounds and the smells and the sensations. Um, but surrendering to like, you know, usually we go to mindfulness when we're feeling uncomfortable, right? And when we need to like, go in and kind of find peace. And I think when you do that, there's this surrendering to larger forces, right? Of like a remembrance to be like, it's gonna be okay. I can be still and whatever happens, happens, right? I guess that's what I kind of think of it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, how I like end off the episodes is I ask the person like advice from the zodiac sign. So is there advice that you have like from a Capricorn to tell everybody? <laughs> Yeah, that's a fun one. You know, one of the things that I love about Capricorns is, you know, the saying that like they're old when they're young and they're young when they're old. So things do get better and they get fun. Like when we meet a lot of Capricorns, they usually have had something early on in life that have made them take on some sort of adult or responsible role. And so you're great at aging. <laughs> it just gets funner, more fun and it gets better. And yeah, I, th I think that's a good piece of advice, you know, and think about like, it, you know, the sea goat, right. Or the goat that we picture it in modern astrology of like climbing that mountain, right. It takes a long time to get up there and there's going to be peaks and there's going to be times when you need to dip and just going with those and knowing that like, things will work out and it's going to take a long time. It might take a long time, but that's okay. It's going to, it's going to be worth it. You know? If you love today's episode, do not forget to share it with a friend or on social media or leave a review or rating below and make sure to tag us on social media at be mindful studio or be mindful podcast if you share it also if you have any questions or feedback or maybe an episode idea that you would like covered don't be afraid to message me on instagram i'd love to connect with you and stay in touch thank you so much again for your support and i will see you very very soon in the next episode